Welcome to the New Freedom Church podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. Good morning to everyone. It's good to see you all today. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, and many of you I don't know and I've never seen before, uh, my name is Pastor Dennis. I am a part of this church as long as they'll let me be. I was here for quite a while with Pastor Joe, and I saw Pastor Joe. I'm really glad to see that you are giving him some gray hair. Uh, (laughs) He's getting gray hair like me, and and, uh, he's losing a little bit of hair, so I'm I'm glad that... uh, I'm glad you're giving him the full treatment. He can take it. He can take it. Uh, he asked me to bring the message today. I'm so grateful, so grateful to be able to do that for this place that we call home. We are not presently here, but this is home. It always will be. I know you hear me say this before, but I don't want you to ever forget it. Because even though we're a thousand miles away, This is still home. And uh, you are still family. Uh, Whether you love us or not, we love you. uh, I'm glad that uh, Joe was not able to preach last week. He got lazy and let somebody else do it. And uh, just joking, just joking. Joe, I know you'll watch this. You'll laugh. Uh, But uh, because... I was able to bring a Thanksgiving message because he didn't bring it last week. And so Thanksgiving is one of the things I love to talk about. It's my favorite, favorite holiday because I don't have to worry about buying anybody presents. I don't have to worry about whether they like what I buy them. I don't have to worry about what my face looks like or somebody gets me something I don't like. Just be with family and do one of my very favorite things, eat eat. And uh, I know when I left, uh, Will gave, Will and the guys at breakfast gave me a a plaque that I have. It says, in case of emergency, administer bacon. That's good by me. That's good by me. But I'm so glad that we're all here together. It's such a joy. I hope you're joyful today. I, sometimes I wonder, because we don't really express it. I don't know what we're afraid, if we're afraid to express it at church or whatever, but why can't we be joyful? I mean, who wants to go to a church service where everybody's sitting like it's a funeral? Amen. It should be a celebration. My goodness, we have so many things to be thankful for and so many things to be grateful for. And, but yet, we come and sometimes we're not so grateful when we come. One of the things I'm going to challenge you with, and I'm going to, I'm going to warn you about it now, I'm going to challenge you. To every morning when you get up, the first thing you need to do is thank God for something. Amen. It'll change your day. And every night before you go to sleep, thank God for something. Amen. It'll be amazing how it affects your sleep. Because it will. He is such a good... We all have so many blessings. And what happens is we end up thinking about all the things we missed or we didn't have instead of enjoying what we do have. And that's humanness, and that's a part of us as Christians. We've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of that negativity. See, attitude, attitude comes in, the message knows attitude, attitude comes in four different flavors. One is a positive attitude. People with positive attitude always look on the bright side. People with negative attitude have a tendency to look at all the negative things. Then there are people who have a neutral attitude. (laughs) Whatever comes, oh well, that's okay. Then the last one is a stinky attitude. Stinky attitude. Too many people have stinky attitudes. They have stinky attitudes and it happens like this. It's It's actually a scientific explanation for it. It's called bowel optate. Bowel optate. See, their optic nerve gets crossed up with their bowels. They have a really stinky outlook on life. 
I think everybody's against them. Everybody's against them. Every, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some worms. Remember that? And so we got to, as Christians, we should never have that attitude unless you don't know Jesus. Amen. If you know Jesus, you can't have that or stay in that attitude very long. It just can't be done because we have so many things to be thankful for. And one of the things I want to, if you'll allow me just a second, uh, which I guess I can because I have the microphone. Uh, can you turn the lights up a little bit more? Or are they as bright as they're going to get? Not on me, but on there. There is someone whom I'm going to get in trouble with this. <laughs> Not as much as I would be if I asked him to come up on stage. But there's someone who I am extremely thankful for. I would not be who I am today if it were not for them. I would not be able to do the things that I do today if it were not for them. For all their love and support through all the years and putting up with my garbage and still loving me anyway. Joy, we stand up. My wife, Joy. And, and our sidekick of the moments, Mallory. Angel. Thank you. Because see, they're, they're always in the background and people always go, oh, Pastor Dennis, Pastor Dennis, Pastor Dennis. Yeah, but if it weren't for these two, I could not be who I am. And I would not be who I am. On Saturday, we were out driving around and we drove past Miami Memorial Gardens. I said, huh, I have not been to my parents' grave for I don't know how many years. How many years have been, Joy? My parents are there, my grandparents are there, my sisters are there. And I went to visit the grave. As I looked at the headstone of my mom and dad, my mother's been gone 40 years. 40 years. I don't know where that time went to. And she, I'm so thankful for her and my dad. My dad's gone 37 years. He was, died right after Mallory was born. But they were such an influence in my life. They, I was in church all the time. You know, I was, they say some people are, uh, live a life, they've been drugged. Well, I was drugged to church. I was drugged everywhere. The church doors were open. My parents made sure I was there. Now, did I get it or understand it? Not then. But there came a time when I did. And so if you have children, get them in church. Whether they understand it or not, get them in the class or whatever, they need to hear about the Word of God. It needs to get into their spirit so that one day they're going to come along and something's going to happen and they're going to remember. They're going to remember. My son, I don't know if he's here or not. I'll embarrass him too. But I remember one day, because he, he and I kind of butted heads a little bit. Well, a lot actually. And, uh, and I didn't think he'd ever listen to me. So one day, he, we were there, and he was talking with the kids, and I heard him repeat words I said to him, word for word. I thought, oh, my goodness. He listened. <laughs> I never thought he listened. And I said to him, I said, Ryan, I didn't think you ever listened to anything I said. Listen to this. You'd be surprised what I remember. Don't underestimate your influence on your children. A lot of children have to find their own way, but eventually they'll come back to the things they were taught. Don't give up on them. 
So attitude is so important in life. An attitude is how we look at life. They say our attitude about life is 10%. Let me get this right. My mind doesn't work so good anymore. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Because I was just talking to someone out there and they go, oh, this, this, this has happened. Oh, it's been terrible. I told God three times, three things is enough. I can't handle more than all that's going on. And I said, well, that's okay. You'll get through it. I said, but just remember this. It's going to happen again. People come to me asking about this, that, and the other. I go, it's a really simple explanation. It's called life. Life happens. The scripture tells us in these times, you will have trials and tribulations. But he says, be, don't be, be encouraged because I've overcome the world. If you and I know Jesus, we have him in our heart. No matter what comes our way, we will overcome it. We will overcome it if we keep walking in his path, keeping our eyes on him, not on the things of the world, this, that, and the other, but on him. There's nothing more important in our life than him and us keeping our eyes on him. If we have thankfulness, we won't ever develop bitterness. See, our attitude shows our real character of who we really are. We can talk all we want to and say this, that, and the other, but when life comes and we live it, our attitude shows who we really are. Oh, I trust God. Oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh, you're so good to me, and the first thing wrong, that goes wrong, we're ready to give up. What'd you do that to me for, Lord? What have I done? They think, people think that just because they know the Lord, everything's going to be smooth, and it's not. See, thankfulness is, for all the things that go bad, thankfulness is like a, is like a, uh, is like a medicine. Thankfulness is like a medicine. Thankful, uh, in Hebrew, the word thankful means to even recognize good and even the small things of life. The small things of life. We saw, like we, we sang about the creation today. And Tom was telling us, creation, my goodness, we should be thankful for that every day. See, for the world, Thanksgiving is a government holiday. For a Christian, you and me, it should be an everyday holiday. Amen. An everyday holiday. Because no matter what happens, God is still good. He is in control. And, and David Jeremiah said if we'd spend more time being thankful, we'd have less time to judge and criticize people. We love doing that. We're all, we're all guilty of it. We do it sometimes, we don't even know it. One of the things that I, uh, this Thanksgiving, I've been really been praying about, and I have prayed the scripture, Lord, uh, show me my heart and re renew a right spirit within me. If there's anything in me that's not supposed to be there, Lord, get rid of it. Show me, and I'll get rid of it. Well, what he showed me was some things I didn't like seeing. He showed me that I still had some unforgiveness in my heart that I didn't know was even there. Didn't even know it was there, but it's there. I'm getting rid of it. Show you how petty unforgiveness can be. You know, I coached for 25 years. And I coached with this guy who was my boss. And he and I never got along. And he always tried to undermine what I was doing. I coached boys basketball, he coached girls. And a few years ago, they were in the state tournament, they were undefeated. My own alma mater, my school that I grew up in, my parents went, my wife, my kids all graduated from Waynesville. I'm rooting against the girls basketball team because I don't like the guy that coaches them. Now how foolish is that? How foolish is that? 
Lord says, forgive me. He didn't know, he didn't know what he's doing. Why do you expect him to act like Jesus when he don't know who he is? So there's unforgiveness that we have to get rid of in our heart. I believe that unforgiveness is one of the barriers, the biggest barriers that keeps us from becoming the people that God has created us to be. There's different, there's different meanings to different people look at gratitude differently. Will Rogers said this, just be thankful you're not getting all the government that you're paid for. <laughs> A woman said, I only have two teeth left, but I'm thankful and rejoicing because they touch. Those are little things, but they're important. Everything, every all of us have little things that are important to us that aren't important to somebody else. But again, we shouldn't judge what's important to somebody else. We need to worry about what we're thankful for. What we're thankful for. Earl Nightingale said, our attitude towards life determines life's attitude toward us. It's reaping and sowing. It's reaping and sowing. So we have to make sure that we understand that. What we put into life and what we put, give and show to another person, we're going to get back. There's a saying that I learned when I was coaching. It's so appropriate. The Lord has showed me that, that uh, all those years I spent coaching, when he had something else for me to do, was the time I was learning. Learned a lot of things, and this was one of them that I take even to this day. You can't antagonize and influence someone at the same time. We can't beat people over the head with the Bible and Scripture, and they're not ready to hear it. We're doing nothing. I don't remember anywhere in the Scripture where Jesus ever pulled or twisted anybody's arm to believe in him. Never. What he did is he told them the truth and he loved them. See, it's possible to love someone who's not living in the truth. But truth's one of the things in the world we don't have much of these days. We, some of us went to lunch yesterday and we talked about who can we trust? Who can we believe in? What can we believe in? Who can we listen to that we know is going to tell us the truth? Well, I've come to the conclusion there's only one person. Amen. And he said, what Rick told us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only one that we'll get absolute truth from. And all of his truths right here in his word. Right here in his word. They are truths. And I got to admit to you, I read some of them and I go, nah, you don't mean that for me. That's for somebody else. Lord, you don't want me to do that. Well, yeah, he does. And there's some hard, there's some hard truths in this Bible that, they ask, that he asks us to live. He doesn't make us live them. We have the choice of whether we do or not, but if we know the Lord, we know that whatever he has for us to do is good, is good. Even in our trials, our trials, I can look back and maybe see if you agree with me. I have learned more in my trials and mistakes than I've ever learned from doing things right. See, we're going to make them. You can't go through life without making mistakes or doing wrong things. It's going to happen because there's a funny thing. We're human. And God gives us a free will to choose whatever we want to choose. He says, choose life or death, blessing or curse. He doesn't say, you better do this. No, he says, choose. Choose for you this day. Deuteronomy, it says this, behold, today I'm setting before you a blessing and a curse. Blessing if you listen to and obey the commandments of the Lord. Pastor Joe, my good friend, I really miss him. We talked to each other a lot. 
He always, he always, you probably heard him say this. That's hard, that's easy preaching and hard living. That's his phrase, and it's true. Because if the Christian life were easy, everybody would be a Christian. There's lots of people say they're Christians, but they're not Christians. They're Christians in name only. In name only. They want to claim it because they want, you know, they want the fire insurance so they don't go to hell, but they don't want to live or they don't have a changed life. If someone claims there's a Christian and they don't have a changed life, they're lying. You can't have an experience with Jesus and stay the same. You cannot. You can choose to. But if you are truly seeking him, he will change you. Does anybody need to tell you when you do something wrong? (laughs) We know it, don't we? We know when we're wrong. We may not want to admit we're wrong, but deep down inside we know. And so as we walk, as as we walk with the Lord, those things that we do will slap us in the face and go, oh man, I I can't do that. I got to get away from that. I'm changed. I'm changed. When I first came to New Freedom and we were downtown, Before I would preach downtown, I would go up and lay on the altar and pray before church. And I'd pray this prayer. Lord, are you sure you want me, Dennis, to preach your word? I mean, you know me, Lord. You know where I've been. You know the things I've done. Lord, you've gone with places with me you should have never had to go because you loved me. You sure you want me? I'd pray that every time before I would preach. Then on Easter morning, one morning, when I was preaching the sunrise service, I was up there praying that prayer, and as I'm praying, the Spirit said to me, hey, Dennis. I said, yes, sir. He goes, uh, that's a really nice prayer you pray. He said, but I'm trying to figure out who you're talking about. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, the person you're talking about already asked for my forgiveness, and I gave it. My scripture says that, my word says that you're a new creature. The old is gone, and now you're new. So I don't know that person you're talking about. See, and he's saying the same thing to you today. So many of us hold on to these things that make us feel like we're not, uh, we're not worthy, which none of us are worthy. We're only worthy because of the blood of Jesus. But what happened is that it's, it's, a, it's just something that happens. And so when I finished this prayer, he says what he said to me. I had to laugh. I still laugh today every time I think of it. He says, Dennis, would you please quit praying that stupid prayer? How many times do we keep bashing ourselves against the wall when he's not doing it? We're only doing it to ourselves. See, when we don't accept our forgiveness, we're saying, oh, Lord, you didn't quite suffer enough for me. Need some more blood, maybe a few more whips and lashes. No. We need to accept what he did for us and then live the life he's called us to live. Live the life he's called us to live. See, too many of you, too many, I'm speaking to somebody here today, too many of us are living as second-class citizens. Too many of us are living lives that are always second-guessing ourselves. Too many of us are living lives that we don't think that God really, really loves us. He's still holding a little bit back. He's not holding anything back. He's given that love through you. And for us, he, is, he has saved us to, for us to serve, and he has blessed us to be a blessing. If the Lord has blessed you, then you need to be a blessing to someone. And quit whining and moaning and feeling sorry for yourself. It's time for that to stop. The church is not going to move forward if that's the attitude we're going to have. It's not. It's just not. I'm speaking plain. Most of you know me. I I don't know. I'm not fancy. I I just say it. Met a lady in the park. I was witnessing to somebody down at the pool. That's where we do our witnessing. It's, you know, it's a, it's a good place because people gather there. It really is. That's where, that's where Janet Weaver recruits all the people for church. She's down there talking to everybody, getting everybody in church that goes to the pool. Anyway, there was a lady I was witnessing this guy, and he left, and the woman beside me said, Dennis, 
you really believe all that stuff? <laughs> I said, yes, I do. I believe it because it's in God's word because he's shown me and he's not a liar. Every bit of it's true, whether you want to believe it or not. That's what I told her. So she says to me, this lady, 60 years old, she goes, who is this Jesus you're talking about? Can you imagine that? Someone 60 years old and doesn't know who Jesus is or at least heard his name or something. So long story short now, we've got her to come into church. We invited her. We didn't twist her arm. We didn't, uh, we didn't bribe her. We didn't, uh, we didn't uh, say, hey, if you come to church, we'll give you this. We didn't do any of that. We said, come to church. You'll hear about, hear about Jesus and you hear the word of God. It's the only reason people should come to church. If you're coming to church for any other reason, you're in the wrong place. There's a social club, the Eagles and the Elks and all those places you can go to. But it's a place of God. This is a place of God's word. This is a place of the truth. This is a place of love and forgiveness and mercy. If people can't find that here, then we are not doing what we're supposed to do. Amen. Not doing what we're supposed to do. So she came to church, and after church, she came up to me. She goes, I never heard any of that before. I never knew about that. I said, well, come on back. We'll tell you some more. I have another guy that his wife is a godly woman and wants him to come to church so bad. He's come a couple times, but he's, a, he's real loud and obnoxious and and uh, he's really nice, but he's obnoxious, but he's a nice guy. And uh, for when I first met him, I didn't know what his name was, so I just called him Trouble because he was always calling some trouble. And so, and I got to know his name. I went to get to know him and get him to church. So I called him, by, I called him Joe, and he goes, Now, I'd rather you call me Trouble. So I call him Trouble. So we had our first Sunday, and I saw him at the pool. I said, hey, Joe, where were you yesterday? He said, I expected to see you in church. He goes, oh, pastor. He's from up east. Ah, oh, pastor. I'm not very good at that, but he has the accent, the eastern accent. He says, I slept in until noon, and I was really tired. I meant to come. I said, well, you really missed it. I told him, you missed a good meal. He goes, oh, I know you always bring a good meal for us, a spiritual meal. I said, no, 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 we had Holy Communion. You missed a holy meal. So I told him this. I said, look, Joe, I really like you. You know, we joke and kid back and forth, but I really like you. And I said, I want you to know that I've been praying for you. And I told the Lord, Lord, get him. I sick the Lord on us. I sick the Lord on you, man. I said, he's coming after you. I said, you can't outrun him. You might as well give up. You're going to waste a lot of time, a lot of energy running for him. Just surrender to him. And I walked away from him. So I'm anxious to get back to see if he'll be in church Sunday. I don't know. If he's not, I'll keep harassing him because he likes to be harassed. Some people have to be harassed a little bit, you know, have to be joked with and urged on. Even though you're joking and saying stuff, you really mean it. And he knows it. There are people like that. But I'm thankful. I'm thank we, we should be thankful for all those opportunities of people that we run into that need to know about the Lord. They're struggling. They're struggling in life. They're struggling with this. They're struggling with that. And we know the answer and we don't tell them about it. How can we do that? We want to just keep the blessings of God to ourselves. We don't want him, we're afraid that if, he, if we get other people having blessings, he's going to run out of blessings. He's not running out of anything. Love, blessings, forgiveness, nothing. And we need to start becoming more bold. I don't mean obnoxious bold. I mean more bold in speaking truth of what we know with people. When we get the opportunity... Now, I, we don't go around the park and I go, man, if you're going to be in church Sunday, man, you're going to hell. Man, we don't do that stuff. We go around and talk to people and say, how's your life? And we pray with them and then we invite them to church. 
That's our plan. And the plans work pretty well because we have a lot of people in the park that are, that, that are, that are sold out, born again, spirit-filled Christians who invite people to church. When's the last time you invited somebody to church? You don't have to answer that because most of you haven't invited anybody in a long time. Why don't you invite somebody? Are you ashamed of this place? It's beautiful. It's wonderful. How can you be ashamed of it? You're ashamed of Jesus? Then why aren't we inviting people? Why do we have empty chairs here? You just look around you and, and wonder, like, hmm, I wonder who's supposed to be sitting there. Lord, show me so I can pray for them. Because they need you. People need the Lord. You know that. And there might be some of you here that have never really made that promise or that connection to him as Lord and Master. Lord and Master. I got a little off base there. I started yakking. But what does it mean to be thankful? See, God, we, first of all, we need to remember that God is the author and the provider of all of our blessings. We need to give him thanks and praise that is due to him. That is due to him. One of the coolest things has happened. This summer, during the summer, I, was, I listened to, I listened, and when I get up every morning, I listen to Christian music. And there was a song I kept listening to. The name of the song was, Let Me Tell You About My Jesus. Isn't that a great song? So I said, hmm, I'm going to call, I'm going to text Rick. See, maybe they could play that when I come up and, and speak. Well, the Lord said, Dennis, don't do that. I talk to him. I tell him what to play. You don't need to worry about him. You just worry about preaching. So I didn't call him. So I come on the first Sunday, and guess what they sang? His daughter sang, let me tell you about my Jesus. Then, <laughs> this time I've been, I, I've been listening to uh, another song, uh, I Thank God. Pick me up and turn me around, set my feet on solid ground. I did the same thing. I said, man, I wonder if Rick, play, they'll play that. I started to call him, and the Lord says, no, Dennis, don't. That's none of your business, what he, play, what he does for worship. I talk to him and tell him what to play. I said, okay, Lord. So last Sunday, what did they play? <laughs> God's so good. He's good. You know, I might have been the only one that needed to hear that song. I don't know. But I love that song. I listen to it every morning. Now I've listened, I got a new one I listen to every morning. But that's how I start my morning. It makes my day go better. Be thankful, giving him praise, and uh, thankful what we received, as well as what he's promised us that we haven't received yet. There's a lot of promises we haven't received that we should be thankful for that they're going to happen. I guarantee they're going to happen because God does not lie. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he says he'll do it, he'll do it. He's not a promise breaker. He's a way maker. And he answers prayers. You have prayers that may not have been answered yet, but they will be. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying. He hears them. There's a scripture that says, every prayer you've ever prayed is still around his throne. He hasn't forgot about you. He's not mad at you. He might be disappointed, but he's not mad at you, and he loves you as much today as he did before you goofed up. I'm sure nobody in here goofs up, but he still loves you, no matter what. I heard a guy say, even if you die and go to hell, he'll still love you. Amen. His love is never ending, never ending. He'll be extremely sad that you're not with him in eternity, but he'll still love you. You know, and that's a lesson for all of us too, because there are people in our lives that we become disappointed in and they are not living the way we want them to live, and all of a sudden, we start loving them a little less. We start becoming a little less forgiving. We start becoming a little less merciful. 
If we're supposed to be like Jesus, like God, that's not who we're supposed to be. I'm so thankful for Pastor Joe. We have shared so much. One of the things he shared with us, shared with me, we had a daughter who was wayward. And uh, you all might remember this from several years ago. And uh, we got an invitation to her wedding. It was not a wedding that you and I would want to go to if you catch my drift. I don't want to say exactly because there are big ears in this place. So I said, Joe, we can't go. He goes, what? You have to go. I said, Joe, I can't go. I don't want to, I don't want to make God mad. And I certainly want to do anything to hinder this congregation. And this is what he said to me. Think about this. He said, Dennis, did God love you or give up on you when you weren't living the way you were supposed to live? No. He says, and how can you do any less? Many of us, I'm sure, have children that are that aren't living the way we want them to live. And we, we know that they're missing so much, but it shouldn't stop us from loving and loving and loving. So I'm praying to the Lord, and the Lord, Lord said, I said, the Lord told me, Dennis, you can't change her, but I can. You can't do it, Dennis, but I can. He says, your job is to love her and pray for her. My job's to change her. We went 10 years without talking with her. Not because of us. She wouldn't take our phone calls or anything. But we kept, we kept at it. And sure enough, here in the last few years, he started restoring that relationship. And I'm so thankful for that. Because love, we love her so much. We adopted her when she was three weeks old. She's never known any parents besides us. And I don't get to see her as much as we like to, but I love her so much. So much. I know we don't love our children more than other children, or at least we say we don't, but sometimes we do. But sometimes in those bad situations, that's when we find out who we really are in the Lord. When you get that doctor's report that isn't good, you really find out who you are in the Lord. When the marriage is going bad and, and things aren't going right, you really find out who you are in the Lord. Good times, bad times, God's the same. Whether you get the promotion or don't, don't get the promotion, God's the same. And we need to be thankful for that because there's an old country song, I like it. Thank God for unanswered prayers. You ever heard that song? Yeah. Think about it. Are there some prayers you prayed? Are you God, glad God never answered? I am. Yeah. Why? Because he knows what's best for you and me. We don't. But he does. We need to be able to come, come, rely more and more on him for everything. Every little thing. Every little thing. As I look around, I see a lot of people I'm thankful for. Many of you have played such an important role in our lives. We came to New Freedom about 15 years ago, right, when it started. And many of us have been through a lot of stuff together. That only draws us closer. If you're new to this church, open up your heart to the people here. You'll be amazed at how they'll just take you in and love you. You'll be amazed. We used to have the uh, downtown, uh, the kitchen downtown, Kingdom Kitchen. Up on the board, there would always be something written on the board, a, a scripture or something. I go in one, come in one day, 
And Dale Farley always put him up there. I'll, I'll give him credit for this. Or blame, however you want to look at it. <laughs> it's set up there. Come to New Freedom Church. We'll love the hell right out of you. Isn't that what we're supposed to be about? Loving that out of people? See, a lot of people don't want to receive love for whatever reason it is. And they're not very lovable. But that shouldn't stop us. Nothing should stop us from loving people. We're supposed to love all people. Now, if they don't love us back, that's their problem. That's not my problem. If they don't forgive me and I've forgiven them, that's not my problem. That's their problem. We have to do what we're called to do as people of Christ, no matter what. Amen. That's who we're supposed to be. And it's really hard sometimes because there are lots of unlovable people. And one of the things you've got to keep in mind, you think some people are unlovable, they might think you're unlovable. So we can't get high and mighty and think that we're just so wonderful people. Everybody loves us. It's not happening because the world is different. Everything's different. An attitude of gratitude should begin with, they ask Jesus the greatest commandment, love God, love people. I'll simplify it. Love God, love people. He says that covers all the commandments. How are we doing with that? says, if you don't love your brother, you can't love me. If you don't forgive your brother, I won't forgive you. If you don't forgive yourself, I can't forgive you. Somebody needs to hear that. Because we're all really bad at that. I used to be really, really bad at that, being unforgiving. But the Lord straightened me out toward myself and toward others. Thankfulness, if we are truly thankful for the things of this world, there's lots of things to be thankful for. Thankful for our family, for our friends, for our church, for the police, for the people in the army, for the medics, the EMTs, all those things, but they all come back to God. There's lots of things. We have so many more things to be thankful for than we have things not to be thankful for. Think about this in your mind. I'm going to have to make you use your mind. I know some of you have lost some of it, but use what part you have left, Janet. Uh, <laughs> I can do that. You see, when, we, when she comes south for the winter at church, she'll get me back. <clears throat> if you remember when they crossed the Jordan and they were told to go back and pick up what from the riverbed? Rocks. And take them on the shore and what? Build an altar for remembrance. I want to challenge you, in your mind or literally, start making a, <clears throat> a place, a monument of the things that you're thankful for. You could have a huge rock pile of things to be thankful for, like we've already talked about. Then I challenge you for the things that you are disappointed with or you're mad about or things that haven't happened to you the way they should. Make yourself a pile of sticks and set it on fire so they'll be gone. We don't need to be thinking about those things. All they do is drag us down, keep us from becoming the people of God that he called us to become. It's so easy, again, I repeat, so easy to think about the things that we're not thankful for. So you have to remember that once we were people without God, they were wanderers, wandered around. Because, see, the people around us, we have to remember that every Saint has a past. All of us have a past. But 
Every sinner has a future. There's nobody too lost that God can't, that God can't bring in. None. None. There's not anything you could do that's so bad that would ever keep him from loving you in any way, shape, or form. Love one another as I have loved you, he says. One of the ways of showing someone being thankful is to love them and to care about them. Pray for them. The best thing you do, please pray for Pastor Joe. Please pray for all pastors. Pray for me. We get attacked a lot, but that's okay. Satan's a loser. He can't hurt me. And he knows it, but he still tries. And he still tries to do the same with you. And what happens is he'll put some doubts in your mind about who you are. Get rid of those doubts. Those doubts do not come from our maker or from God. They only come from the enemy. So you don't listen to us. Get, get away from me, you loser. That's what Pastor, Pastor Lewis always told me. He used to tell me, he goes, Satan's a loser. Don't know Jesus. Well, he knows Jesus, but he is a loser. By the way, Pastor Lewis is doing very well. I talk to him all the time. Thank you for, his, for your, uh, your faithfulness to his ministry. And he's doing very well. His son, Chooks, his English name is Elisha. Chooks is going to be taking over the ministry. He preaches Sundays now. And he's running the school. Lewis is kind of semi-retired, but you know Lewis, he'll have his hand in everything. He ain't going to retire. He'll still be shouting, he'll still be shouting orders when, he, when they're putting him in the grave. But Elisha's getting married on December the 2nd. And uh, if you would, if you remember him, uh, remember him in your prayers for the wedding. Uh, his African name is Chukukwa. So they call him Chukes, because Chukukwa is too hard to say. It takes too long to say it. But please remember them, and I'm thankful for them. We should be thankful for them too, because they show us I've learned from Lewis what faith really is, what joy and happiness really is when you don't have anything. When you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You don't know if terrorists are going to come and disrupt your church service and kill everybody that's in the church. How would you like to live under those circumstances? Those circumstances, would you still go to church? <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? We had two girls in, our, in the school that were Muslim, and their parents let them come to church and let them come to school as long as they took a beating before they came. Would you take a beating in order to be able to go to church, to be with the Lord? Step further, these girls went through school, we sent them to college, and now they're teachers in the school, in a Christian school. That's how God works. That's how faithful he is. So now we live under this new covenant in 2 Corinthians 9, 11 to 12. I bet you have that one. I haven't said anything else that I put on the page that I gave him. I apologized to him before the, church, before the service started. I said, I can't guarantee you I'm going to follow everything that's on there, which I never do anyway. I don't even know why I write it, but everybody always wants me to give them something. But 2 Corinthians 9, 11, and 12. We will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of the ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. That's our covenant. We should be so thankful we should, and we should be thankful every day, but when we come to church, man, we should be able, we should, just can't wait to get here, to be able to worship and honor God, the God of our salvation, the God who heals us, the God who provides for us. How can we not be joyful? People say, well, I'm joyful. I said, well, why don't you let your face show that? People look at you in the way you live and you don't live a joyful life, they're going to go, why do I want to go to that church? 
We are a living example. Our witness is far more our actions than they are our words. Remember that. People see who you are more than what you tell people you are. I can tell you every, anything, but I don't mean it's the truth unless my actions back it up. I had a good friend, Richard Lamb. Richard, some of you know him. He preached a couple times several years ago. He's blind, been blind from birth. And we went to school together, and then we kind of got back together after we were adults. I met with him. He said to me, Dennis, he goes, what do you look like? I never thought, I go, well, yeah, he's never seen me. He doesn't know what I look like. So guess what I told him? I said, Richard, I'm probably the most handsome man you would have ever seen in your whole life. I said, I have a full head of curly hair. And he starts laughing. He rubs my head. He says, I know you. That's not the truth. And so anyway, I said to him, this is the kind of attitude I want to have. I said, Richard, I'm so sorry that you've lived your life blind, your whole life. Can you imagine that? Never seeing anyone or anything except maybe a shadow? I said, Richard, I'm so sorry you've had to live your life blind. And he chuckles. He says, Dennis, don't think that way. I said, what? He goes, think of it this way. Guess who's the first face I'll ever see? The first face I'll ever see, the face of God. That's who I want to see, and I don't want him kicking me out. I don't want him going, I don't even know who you are. I want you to go, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in. Enter in. I encourage you to start living a life of thankfulness, an ad- develop an attitude of gratitude, Every morning when you wake up, thank God for something. There's something you can thank him for. Thank him you woke up. You know how many people didn't wake up this morning? Too many. Thank him before you go to bed for a good good day and have a restful night's sleep. Be thankful. Be thankful for all the little things you have. Because some of our greatest blessings come in the forms that we don't expect. And I do that because that person has never been treated any other way except as a human being. Nothing special. Except she got loved a lot and still does. She's anxious. We were so worried when we moved to Naples because she lived her whole life here. Her whole life was here. We were really worried about how she would do. Boy, do we underestimate her all the time. If you ask her now where her home is, her home's in Naples. We've gotten hooked up with an adult, adult group. It's called Star Abilities. Adults. She bowls every Thursday. Loves to bowl. She works at public supermarket. She's saving up for a boat. We moved down here. She says, Dad, uh, you know, we live in Florida now. Shouldn't we have a boat? I'm going, oh, Lord. I didn't expect that out of her, right? I said, so I said, well, you better get a job. Buy a boat because I don't have that kind of money. So she's been working, saving money for a boat. This summer, her, 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 her laptop crashed while we were up here, so she had to buy a new laptop. She was not happy because she had to dip into her boat fund to pay for the laptop. So now for the last three days, she just asked me, Dad, when are we going home? When are we going home? I said, why? She goes, I got to get back to work. But she has a life. She's made a life there. I now have a, last year, uh, someone came to me and said, uh, I want to be your assistant pastor. Who said that, Mallory? I did. She did. (laughs) 
said, Dad, I want to be your assistant. I said, great, you be my assistant. So she, when we take up the offering, she gets the plates, hands them to the ushers. She passes out bulletins. She greets people. She helps put up chairs and take them down. She's my assistant when she wants to be. The night before we left, we were setting up chairs. We, go, we set up stuff on Saturday night. I said, Mal, come on, we're going to go set up chairs. She goes, no. I don't want to set up chairs. I said, but I thought you were my assistant. She goes, not anymore. <laughs> so I said to her, Mal, you don't have to go set up chairs. You can still be my assistant. It's okay if you don't want to set up chairs. Oh, okay. So I have an assistant again. And... Uh, Her witness is who she is. She doesn't say much, but she she doesn't have to say much because it's her life that speaks. If we could learn that to let our life speak to people and not words speaking to them. God has created every one of us to be his hands and feet in this world. To be thankful people, let people know that we're thankful. Oh, what are you so happy about? I'm just thankful. I mean, God has been so good to me. And they may run off, but they heard God's good to you. And I guarantee you, there's gonna come a time when some of those people, your friends, are having a difficult time and they need prayer or need somebody to visit them in the hospital, guess who they're gonna call? They're gonna call you. And me, that's who we are. I love the song that we used to sing in chorus. It says, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One because he's given us Jesus Christ. Now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done. You and I are so rich. In lots of ways, not necessarily with money, with cars or houses, but we're rich. If, 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 listen, if we will surrender and allow the Lord to be Lord and master of our life, then and only then will we know what it is to be thankful, will we know what it is to be rich without being rich and strong when we're weak, being thankful to the Lord for what he has done. Let's pray. Lord God, (laughs) you are so, so, so good. Forgive us, Lord, when we're not thankful people, but when we moan and groan and complain, when we don't really have much to complain about. All our complaining comes from selfishness, from self-centeredness. All of our moaning and groaning comes from the same place. Lord, please don't let us be like the Israelites who moaned and groaned and for 40 years they wandered around lost and didn't even get to go to the promised land because all the things they had to go through, they failed all the tests because you were preparing them for life ahead. Everything that happens to us today is preparing for us for life tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. Lord, let us understand it and take that in. Take that in for us, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. I owe you everything. And I thank you. Lord, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you as their Lord, or as their master or savior, Lord, I would ask that they would come down here and I would like to pray with them right now. Because I know there are people here that don't know you like that and they need to and they want to and you're speaking to their hearts, but they're afraid to stand up and get up and walk down here. Why, I don't know. Could be lots of reasons. There's no need to be embarrassed about it because we've all been there. I've been there, I had to make that walk 
because he wants us to make a public declaration of who you are in our life. Lord, you want to be everything. Speak to your people, Lord. Speak to their hearts. Take the fear from them, Lord. There's no fear in you. There's no unsuccessfulness in you. There's only love and caring. Lord, you love us the way we are, but you love us too much to let us stay that way. Anyone at all? Amen.
bless each and every one of you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and I know it's early, but we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Uh, I have one of the things I forgot to say. I want to thank God for the mo- not the most, but you all may appreciate this or not. He's responsible for one of the most important inventions ever created, in my opinion. It's called heated seats. Because otherwise we'd have froze. We forgot we had heated seats in our car. But they're great. But seriously, all of you, God bless all of you. We love you so much. Thank you for accepting us and allowing us to be here. Most of all, thank you for your service to the Lord and your love of him. Let it grow every, every single day. Every single day. Don't go backwards. Keep going forwards. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.